Welcome to the Job Whisperer podcast by True Talent. I'm Chris, and again, I'm joined alongside the coffee-loving creative powerhouse of recruitment, Ben. Hey, you all right, Ben? Hey there, Chris. How are you? Did you like that intro? I love that intro. (laughs) Thought you might. Now, uh, (laughs) if you've only just tuned in, you can go back to the other episodes, which include CV writing, standing out from the crowd, and changing career. Uh, Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss out on a single episode. Now, this is episode seven of 10. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about disabilities and mental health and the challenges people face when applying for work. Uh, We're also joined by Chandy Green, a disability and mental health advocate and active fundraiser who's won awards for his work in his local community. So in today's episode, we are joined by Chandy Green. Hello. How are you, Chandy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very, very well. Uh, First things first, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So yeah, my name's Chandy. And from the age of three, I've lived with uh, a brain tumour or the effects of having one. So I've got a disability down my left side and uh, mental health uh, problems like OCD and anxiety, which I've lived with Mm -hmm. for, for pretty much my whole life. In fact, like this month is five years since my last operation I think give or take a few months if my maths is correct but I've lived with having a like an impairment down my left side for that yeah so what did you do at university what did you study so I did social work um right so I had my last brain tumor operation in the summer of 2014 and so one of the challenges I found was that even my lecturers told me that I shouldn't be going back to university and doing my degree because I'd been ill and really I'd 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 faced the challenge that for them was something that would hinder my my ability to go into work and stuff and that's what it felt like and from the communication I had with some people but for me that gave me a level of empathy that I think social workers need and often I think some of them are, are missing in practice and I'm not saying that makes me sound like the best social work practitioner in the world because I'm not there's always something you can learn, you can do more. And regardless of whatever practice you go into, whether it's building, trade or working in an office, there's always stuff you can learn. Absolutely. But it was that judgment that because I have the disability and my life is suddenly impaired to some degree, that I couldn't do something. And I think that's a lot of what's happened within my going out into the workplace and trying to find a job is some employers are brilliant and they're willing to <clears> adapt <throat> and to, to offer support. And like I do part-time work with some charities where they're more than able to and willing to accommodate me however best they can. And they're mm-hmm. people with limited budgets, with stretched resources, whereas you go to a big company where you think that they have the time and the resources that the, the small organisations don't. On a certain trades and stuff, I think people with disabilities, they have expertise that other people don't. Absolutely. I was going to say that, actually. Chandy, I mean, there'll be lots of people listening, you know, going through exactly the same process as, as you are, especially when it comes to sort of applying for work. What top tips do you have for for people that are listening to try and make you stand out and not let your disability actually be the thing that's the, the, the focus and focus more on your talent, your skills? Yeah, I think my number one piece of advice would just be be yourself. Like it sounds really like simple and stuff, but for so long, like before university and even at uni when I was being told that maybe I was doing the wrong thing by going to do my degree and stuff, that, you know what, if you think you can do it, 
and if you have a belief in yourself that's all that really matters and people mm. might not see your vision initially but when you're five years down the line and you're actually succeeding people will start to say you know what I should have listened to him or her and actually believed in them because and like it's not easy and there have been days where I've just wanted to give up and like I'd phone my mum like mum look I can't be asked anymore like I just want to give up and <laughs> I want to come home and then there were yeah. days where I'd phone I'd be like oh, I've had a really good day and like there were moments where I was like I used my disability to remind me that everyone's different you might not see it on the surface you might not see a physical impairment but everyone struggles and I think that's what's happened with COVID is that we've seen the vulnerability in people yeah and I think that's an important thing because it reminds us that we're human and we're not computers and although absolutely although we use them to aid, aid our life they're not the things that define us we are a community and we are we have to be more accepting to let people fit in and stuff and I think I've used my disability in a way to to help me to learn but also it's allowed me to connect with other people like going and doing talks I share my life and then someone comes up to me afterwards and they share they pour their heart out to me and that for me is the most amazing experience because mm. I, I learned so much from people telling me about their own mental health journey and stuff and obviously you've got to be careful and offer support and guidance to them when they come and do that but it just reminds me that like there is so much that you don't know from just seeing someone in the street. That's right. And you're not the only one that's going through it, you know? That's the thing. And I think, yeah, I think my last piece of advice would just be that if you, like, when I've applied for jobs and stuff, I've been so open and so honest. Like, sometimes employers don't like that and they might think, oh, this person, he's just telling me everything he's bad at. But I think if you're honest with them, you'll find the right employer and it might take time and there might be rejection after rejection from different interviews that you have and stuff but obviously that's not the right place for you and it it, it hurts absolutely to be heard and to be told that you're not good enough for a job and it took me a long time to realize that maybe that's not a reflection on me that's a reflection on them as an organization as well because if they can't see someone like i've had friends who've applied to jobs and stuff and they've just been told no because of their disability and obviously not in those words but it's right. a polite way around it and it's like they obviously don't deserve to have someone of your capabilities in their organization. And it's not to make anyone sound big headed or anything, but it's just a reflection that you have skills. They just don't yeah. see them because having a disability has taught me communication because of the people I've had to interact with, like doctors, nurses, healthcare, social care professionals, but also it teaches you empathy and also how to reflect and to be resilient to change because that's something that I think everyone needs to improve on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, Chandy, how do you discern if if an employer is right for you and it's actually going to be a place where you want to work? So I'd first go to the website and see if they've got the Disability Confident logo on their website somewhere. And that's a mark that yeah. they are open to employing disabled people or that they, they've fit a certain criteria that's outlined by, by government and by legislation that shows that they're willing and they're able to adapt and to, to provide a safe working environment for a disabled person. And then from there, I'd look at what are their brand values and stuff as, as an organisation, which is all, normally quite open and transparent on people's websites. So you look at that, and then, but then I'd go a bit more into more detail around what evidence backs that up. So on their social media, are they being open and transparent with people who are reaching out, who are just customers, but also mm -hmm. look at feedback from other members of staff that might be on the website, but also on 
the job sites have like quotes and information from my previous employers employees yeah. sorry so i'd look at that but I, I might also reach out to the organization and just have a chat not about the the job but also just say look i'm looking at your organization could you tell me a bit about bit about you or what you guys do in a bit more detail sometimes they'll offer you a phone call sometimes you just have to to read what they they send you and some are more open than others but also mm-hmm. I take that further and when I go to, if I get to the interview stage so past the application I just have a chat with them if I'm if I'm really interested in working for them so I've had a, a job where I applied and it was for a learning disabilities a department within an organization um, working with people who have learning disabilities and I just said to them how would you make me feel comfortable working in your, in your organization because if you take that route it shows confidence in you want to 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 work with them you're not there to for this one-sided conversation or work at play because it is you working for them but they're also there to work for you as much as you're there to help them succeed as a a department organization Mm. and at the end of the day if an organization isn't making their staff feel safe how can you go out and help other people to feel safe that's what i do Excellent. Excellent. Um, Johnny, um, what thing are the best steps are to increase your chances of, of actually getting a job? I think honesty, as I said before, like it's important to be honest with them about what your vulnerabilities are because they know you that you're human and you're not going to be perfect at everything. If they're not open to that, then obviously they're not the right place to work for. If they're not going to be willing to, to open their doors to you as, a, as an employee. And when I go to the interview and when they say, what skills do you have? and what what questions and stuff like that just say like look i'm not great at this like there's one interview i've had where i said i'm rubbish at, at spelling and grammar so i might need someone to look over my my work if it's going to <clears throat> to be especially within social work some of it has to be assessed by like judges and stuff in courts so making sure that it's at that level that it could it could hold up at that in those those circumstances and some employers, like they, you can tell from their facial expressions that they're not, they're looking for someone who is, is, yeah. is more coherent in that. But being vulnerable, that that gives me an indication of how willing they are to to change and how they are to to making me feel comfortable. Because if I can see that their their facial expressions or their body language is changing in a way that's that's not good enough, then I know that maybe this isn't the right place for me. Do you find that puts you in a, on a bit of a back foot a little bit because of the fact that you might have given out too much information you know how much do you give out i think it's different for everyone like i'm not going to say that everyone has to give out everything because obviously some mm. people won't feel comfortable and it's about doing what right what feels right for you like for me i'd love i like to just be honest and to say look i am rubbish at this but i can excel at this or i feel confident at doing this and it's yeah. about finding that balance of not just being negative about yourself and just going yeah i'm rubbish at all of this stuff please give me a job because that's not going to help you. But being, no. being able to say that, look, I am rubbish at this stuff. But if I can, like, for example, I always, when I do my workshops and stuff, I say that some people have communication barriers. Like, they can't write, but they can they can verbalise things. And they love to chat and love to communicate with people. Yeah. So putting them in an office situation might not be the best circumstances for them. But if you put them in front of house where they can meet people and they can greet them at the door and make them feel warm and wonderful that makes that person feel like they're actually being valued within an organization and i've had job interviews where they said look you're not right for this position but what about this one 
Um, yeah. And they've adapted around me and they don't want to not say to me, look, you're not good enough for a job. Um, just a quick, just a side question. What, why, why, in your opinion, why don't you think that employers make more of an effort? Without sounding judgmental, I think it is that fear factor. Like if you mm. trying to, to make sure that someone feels comfortable, you're never going to be able to tick all of the boxes. It's hard to know what's going to be right for everyone. Like not everyone fits into a tick box course and nothing's black and white so it's that fear of what happens if i don't do the right thing and then they get hurt or injured or their their mental health or well-being is affected and i mean it's just about having that conversation with them and one what happens one week will be different the next week and it's just being open to that and i think it's educating the employer as well because the employer might might have a basic knowledge yeah of, of a medical condition but obviously you know if they've never experienced it before, then you have to kind of learn off each other, surely. Yeah. I think like we have this idea of what disability looks like through the media and through watching mm. documentaries. Like we're always shown one side of things and it doesn't give the whole picture. Like in social work, especially you're taught to be holistic and to look at every little detail of someone's life, which I know you can't always do in the workplace, but it's just about finding that employer that has the conversation with you and is there to listen and not just to communicate at you. They're willing to learn from you. And work with you. Yeah. And as I'm sure you'll you'll know from working with employers and stuff is that leaders who who learn from their employees are more effective and they're more like their organization always succeeds in the long run. They might not see that initially, but in the future, that change and that that culture within their organization will show in the wider community and people will value that and show, see mm-hmm. if they're a good organization to, to work for. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, thanks Chandy for joining us on this very special episode. And what a, what a guest Ben we've had. Yeah. Right. It was amazing to have you Chandy. Thank you for coming yeah. here. And also before we go Chandy, obviously um, I know you're pretty vocal on the old socials. So where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, obviously. Um, obviously. So the username's a bit different everywhere, but if you go to my Instagram, it's hashtag Chandy, but it's the word hashtag. Um, oh, okay. And then people can nice. find all of my links on there and stuff, and like my website, and so yeah. And also, you you, you do a lot of lot of work for uh, Dorset Mind as well. We sort of mentioned earlier on today. Yeah. So um, so if you go onto the Dorset Mind website, there's all the information about the support and services they offer, but also how you can fundraise for them if you're interested in. And volunteering as well because especially at a time like this everyone's mental health and well-being has been affected so mm-hmm. it's important to be open and honest with yourself but also just sharing in that community and yeah excellent so thanks chandy thanks for joining us uh, in this very special episode and um, i tell you something i have learned uh, learned a lot today so thank you very much for your time and we hope to see you soon after this virus disappears or whenever we can meet each other again thank you so much thanks chandy 